Good morning. Our psalm this morning is Psalm 18. We'll be re reading the first 20 verses on page 359. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. O Lord, open thou our lips. In our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. Psalm 95. Down on page 459. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In his hand are all the corners of the earth, and the strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands prepared the dry land. O come, let us worship and fall down, kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is the Lord our God, we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, as in the provocation and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works, Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, for they have not known my ways. Unto whom I swear my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Psalm 18, again, beginning on page 359. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my stony rock and my defense. My Savior, my God, and my might, in whom I will trust, my buckler, the horn also of my salvation, and my refuge. I will call upon the Lord, which is worthy to be praised. So shall I be safe from mine enemies. The sorrows of death compass me and the overflowings of ungodliness made me afraid. Pains of hell came about me, snares of death overtook me. In my trouble I called upon the Lord, and complained unto my God. So he heard my voice out of his holy temple, and my complaint came before him, and entered even unto his ears. The earth trembled and quaked, the very foundations also of the hills shook, and were removed because he has wrath. There went out a smoke in his presence, and a consuming fire out of his mouth, so that coals were kindled at it. He bowed the heavens also and came down, and it was dark under his feet. He rode upon the cherubim and did fly. He came flying upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place, his pavilion round about him with dark water, and thick clouds to cover him. At the brightness of his presence, his clouds removed, 
hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord also thundered out of heaven, and the highest gave this his thunder, hailstones and coals of fire. He sent out his arrows and scattered them. He cast forth lightnings and destroyed them. The springs of waters were seen, and the foundations of the round world were discovered. At thy chiding, O Lord, at the blasting of the breath of thy displeasure. He sent down from on high to fetch me, and took me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strongest enemy, and from them which hate me, for they were too mighty for me. They came upon me in the day of my trouble, but the Lord was my upholder. He brought me forth also into a place of liberty. He brought me forth even because he had a favor unto me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 27th chapter of the first book of Samuel. And David said in his heart, Now I shall perish some day by the hand of Saul. There is nothing better for me than that I should speedily escape to the land of the Philistines, and Saul will despair of me, to seek me any more in any part of Israel. So I shall escape out of his hand. Then David arose and went over with six hundred men who were with him to Asius, the son of Maok, king of Gath. So David dwelt with Asius at Gath, he and his men, each man with his household, and David with his two wives, Ahinoam and the, Jezreel, the Jezreelitess and Abigail, the Carmelitess, Nabal's widow. And it was told Saul that David had fled to Gath, so he sought him no more. Then David said to Asius, If I have now found favor in your eyes, let them give me a place in some town in the country, that I may dwell there. For why should your servant dwell in the royal city with you? So Asius gave him Ziklag that day. Therefore Ziklag has belonged to the kings of Judah to this day. Now the time that David dwelt in the country of the Philistines was one full year and four months. And David and his men went up and raided the Geshurites, the Gerzites, and the Amalekites. For those nations were the inhabitants of the land from, old, from of old, as you go to Shur, even as far as the land of Egypt. Whenever David attacked <clears throat> the land, he left neither man nor woman alive, but took away the sheep, the oxen, the donkeys, the camels, and the apparel, and returned and came to Asius. Then Asius would say, Where have you made a raid today? And David would say, Against the southern area of Judah, or against the southern area of Jeremelitis, or against the southern area of Kenites. David would save neither man nor woman alive to bring news to Gath, saying, Lest they should inform on us, saying, Thus David did, and thus was his behavior all the time he dwelt in the country of the Philistines. So Asius believed David, saying, He has made his people Israel utterly abhor him, Therefore, he will be my servant forever. Here ends the first lesson. The Benedictus says, Blessed art thou, Lord God of our fathers, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou for the name of thy majesty, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the temple of thy holiness, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou that beholdest the depths and dwellest between the cherubim, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou on the glorious throne of thy kingdom, praised and exalted above all forever. Blessed art thou in the firmament of heaven, 
praised and exalted above all forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Here begins the 11th verse of the 19th chapter of the Gospel according to St. Luke. Now as they heard these things, he spoke another parable. <clears throat> because he was near Jerusalem, and because they thought the kingdom of God would appear immediately. Therefore he said, A certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. So he called ten of his servants, delivered to them, them ten minas, and said to them, do business till I come. But his citizens hated him, and sent a delegation after him, saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And so it was that when he returned, having received the kingdom, he then commanded these servants to whom he had given the money to be called to him, that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first, saying, Master, your mina has earned ten minas. And he said to him, Well done, good servant, because you were faithful in a very little have authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Master, your mina has earned five minas. Likewise he said to him, You also be over five cities. Then another came, saying, Master, here is your mina, which I have kept put away in a handkerchief, for I feared you, because you are an austere man. You collect what you did not deposit, and reap what you did not sow. And he said to him, Out of your own mouth I will judge you, you wicked servant. You knew that I was an austere man, collecting what I did not deposit and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money in the bank, that at my coming I might have collected it with interest? And he said to those who stood by, Take the mina from him and give it to him who has ten minas. But they said to him, Master, he has ten minas. For I say to you that to everyone who has will be given, and from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. But bring here those enemies of mine, who did not want me to reign over them, and slay them before me. When he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. Here ends the second lesson. Benedictus. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people, and hath raised up a mighty salvation for us, in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, perform the mercies promised to our forefathers, and to remember his holy covenant, to perform the oath which he sware to our forefather Abraham, that he would give us, that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his ways, give knowledge of salvation unto his people, for the remission of their sins, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us, to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, 
who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of the Father. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. Grant to us, Lord, we beseech thee, the Spirit to think and to do always such things as are right, that we who cannot do anything that is good without thee may by thee being enabled to live according to thy will. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, and knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom. Defend us, thy humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in thy defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings being ordered by thy governance may be righteous in thy sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Good morning. In the Old Testament, we near the end of the cat and mouse game between David and Saul, which will conclude next week with the death of Saul and his son Jonathan in the final chapter of the first book of Samuel. Later this week, later next week, 2 Samuel will begin with David mourning their death and then being installed as king of Israel. Today, David and his band of 600 men are hiding in the land of the Philistines because he knows Saul won't pursue him. One of the kings of the Philistines has given him a town as a base of operations and a place for him to rule in exile. In this chapter from his exile, David and his men are reclaiming land for Israel, killing off the neighboring enemies of Israel. This seems very violent to modern eyes, but the Israelites are both commanded to battle their enemies and limited in how they conduct such battle by the final book of it. As Orthodox Stephen de Young says, a world filled with violence needs correction, and its correction is a violent one. The evils, and violence, the evils of violence and oppression are not purely accidental, they do not represent blind mistakes or naive errors on the part of finite human beings. They are not the result of some flaw in our makeup over which we are powerless. Rather, they are deliberate acts of rebellion and hatred against God, who is life and love. 
David is doing what Saul failed to do, reclaim the land given to the Israelites from their pagan neighbors. Remember that in the 15th chapter of the first book of Samuel, God rejected Saul because he disobeyed God's order to kill all the Amalekites. Saul chronically was unable to trust in the Lord and fight the battles that the Lord told him to fight. In contrast, from his first battle with Goliath, David trusts in God to deliver his people, even when victory appears impossible by earthly standards. Second, possibly only to Moses. And, and, and as this morning psalm recounts, David overcome the fear that paralyzed Saul. Second, only to Moses, the biblical record shows that David is the most consistently obedient ruler in its history. And as we are reminded in the Benedictus, the words of Mary recounted by Luke that we recite every morning in our morning prayer, that we, we ask that we be saved from our enemies, from the hand of all that hate us, and that we be delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear and holiness and righteousness all the days of our life. So this is a command to Christians pick up from the Old Testament commandments to David and the house of, of, of Israel. Meanwhile, in our New Testament let reading, we have a parable about how servants handled riches and trusted to them. This parable is told in two places, here in Luke and in Matthew 25. In Luke, the unit of currency is the mina, the New York New King James versions. Footnotes helpfully say that a minute mina is about three months salary. So the first servant received two and a half years of wages, perhaps $100,000 in today's terms. Another translation that says a talent is 60 times as valuable as a mina. So 10 talents would be in a, future, a fortune that's impossibly large for any laborer or servant. Beyond the currency, there are two important differences in how the parables are reported by Matthew and Luke. In Matthew, Jesus explicitly tells his disciples that this is a parable about the kingdom of heaven. The message in this context is thus quite clear. We are all given different levels of gifts, but God expects us to diligently use them to advance his kingdom. Why isn't this in Luke? Most scholars believe that Luke was written after Matthew, so perhaps Luke left that part out, assuming the early Christians would already have Matthew's account. But what's striking in the context of this morning's readings is the additional contextual information in the Luke account. While both Gospels focus on the interaction of the Master and his three servants, Luke reports an incipient rebellion by the subjects of this nobleman. Verse 14 says, but his citizens hated him and sent a delegation after him saying, we will not have this man to raise, reign over us. While well, verse 27 concludes with the nobleman saying, bring these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them and slay them before me. Instead of slay them in the King James or the New King James, the English Standard Version instead says slaughter them. Personally, I think this passage shoots another hole in the ancient Marcion heresy, one that says that Jesus is the gentle and loving God of the New Testament, but a different God than Yahweh, the violent and vengeful God of the Old Testament. Marcionism was addressed by Tertullian in his treatise against Marcion in 208 AD, but this heresy was revived in 19th century Germany and continues to this day. Given this is a parable about God's kingdom, there's only one way to read it. There will be consequences for those who ignore or worship rebel against God's will. 
since this is the final passage before Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem as the long-promised Messiah and heavenly king, followed by his cleansing of his father's temple, the linkage of what Christ expects of us is impossible to miss. As N.T. Wright helpfully summarizes, to the people who suppose God's kingdom was coming immediately, it declares that it is indeed coming, but it is coming with judgment as well as with mercy. It indicates that Jesus arrives in Jerusalem, the city is already rejecting his message, and so God's judgment is being prepared. For the people of Jerusalem, that judgment came with the destruction of the temple less than 40 years later. This passage has similar implications for Christians of any era. If we weren't clear from the chastisement of the nobleman's faithless servants, Luke's account takes any ambiguity away. Now we will resume on page 18 of the Book of Common Prayer with a prayer for all conditions of men. O God, the creator and preserver of all mankind, we humbly beseech thee for all sorts and conditions of men, that thou wouldst be pleased to make thy ways known unto them, thy saving health unto all nations. More especially we pray for thy holy church universal, that it may be so guided and governed by thy good spirit, that all who profess and call themselves Christians may be led into the way of truth and hold the faith in unity of spirit in the bond of peace and in righteousness of life. Finally, we commend to thy fatherly goodness all those who are anyways afflicted or distressed in mind, body, or state. that it may please thee to comfort and relieve them according to their several necessities, giving them patience under their sufferings and a happy issue out of all their afflictions. And this we beg for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. Almighty God, together the general thanksgiving. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we thine unworthy servants do give thee most humble and hearty thanks for all thy goodness and loving kindness to us and to all men. We bless thee for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all for thine inestimable love and the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ. For the means of grace and the hope of glory, and we beseech thee, give us that due sense of all thy mercies, that our hearts may be unfeignedly thankful, and that we show forth thy praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to thy service, and by walking before thee in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, world without end. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ, who at thy first coming did send thy messenger to prepare thy way before thee, grant that the ministers and stewards of thy mysteries may likewise so prepare and make ready thy way, by turning the hearts of the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, that at thy second coming to judge the world, we may be found an acceptable people in thy sight, who livest and reignest with the Father and the Holy Spirit ever, one God, 
world without end. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you for coming. Thank you for Britt and Chris, Carl for making this possible. Hope you have a great weekend. Thank you, Joel. Thank, Thank you. you. That was wonderful. Have a good day, everybody. Have a good weekend.